we actually talk about things where men don't. They all get together in the same room and play video games and won't say a word and they're like, man, that was such good bonding time. With any parenting dilemma, uh, I feel like my wife just wants to talk out loud about strategies, approaches, and I'm just kind of more of a trial and error guy. My husband does not like picking up his dirty laundry off the floor. So maybe women are neater than men, I don't know. I don't understand why getting to church on time always begins to be an issue about 15 minutes before church starts. <laughs> well, anyone who's been married for more than a couple of days or weeks is going to agree with some of that. Men and women are different, very different, and uh, today we're going to help you learn how to avoid letting those differences drive you crazy and instead let them uh, bring a fullness to your relationship. <laughs> this is Focus on the Family, and your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. You know, John, some might feel it's ironic uh, how often opposites attract. I think it's the plan, if we haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, we just don't know it until <laughs> yeah, a couple of God's, days or years into marriage. This is his plan to yeah. make you more like him. And what does that mean? Selfless and humble. Mm -hmm. Marriage will do that if you approach it with the right attitude. Uh, if you don't, it's going to break you. And that's part of the plan, I think. Uh, this pattern is so common. And right now, I'm sure 20% of those listening are saying, well, that's not my husband and me. I get it. I get it. There's probably that 20%, maybe. But 80%, yeah, you got the night owl and the morning person. You got the extrovert and the introvert. You got, you got, the got milk of the tube, chocolate, dark yeah. chocolate. Middle of the tube, end of the tube. This You're describing everything I just said is Gene <laughs> and I. I mean, th us. this is who we are. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it is kind of the godly plan for your life. Uh, the Bible addresses this in 1 Corinthians 12, where we're described as the body of Christ and how our different personalities and abilities all contribute to the greater good of everyone else. Now, hopefully you as a couple you complete each other, and we are going to discuss that today. I want you coming out of this time together thinking our differences are something to be celebrated, not something to be uh, mad about. Do you mind if I just step out now and <laughs> yeah, give right. my wife a call? <laughs> Actually, let's both step out and we'll let our guests we'll talk about it. We'll turn it over to our guests. Uh, we have Dr. Robert Crosby and his wife Pamela with us, and uh, they're the co-founders of Teaming Life, and they teach team-building concepts to families and organizations. Robert is a professor of theology at Southeastern University in Lakeland, Florida, and Pamela works there as well. Uh, helping students with their calling and their career. And together they've got a book that we'll hear more about today called The Will of a Man and The Way of a Woman, Balancing and Blending Better Together. Hey, Robert and Pamela, welcome to Focus. Thank you so uh, we're much. We're delighted. It's such a great topic, and this is always one of the most popular things we can talk about is marriage. <laughs> and and know, the be, differences. And the reason is, you know, we feel our marriages aren't where they need to be. I think that's mm -hmm. an 80-20. Maybe 20% feel we're living in the right spot, but probably 80% of Christian couples feel there's, there's more to improve upon here. Mm -hmm. um, we're kind of on autopilot. Do you find that in your work? We really do. You know, the word, the sort of the operative word we believe in marriage is oneness. A few years ago, we watched a documentary on the Navy Blue Angels, and they interviewed the lead pilot. And uh, the interviewer said, you know, when you fly, it looks like you're always flying as one. He said, is that what you do? And uh, the pilot said, you know, he said, that's what our goal is. 
We rarely get it perfect. Sometimes for a few minutes we get it, but we're always striving to fly as one. Huh, that is well said. Now, give me the title of the book. Why this title? I, I think I get it innately, but I want to make sure I've guessed correctly. The will of a man and the way of a woman. Most men are going to say it's always the way of the woman. If mom is happy, <laughs> I, mean, isn't that, I mean, who's even arguing? It's the will of the man to maybe relax and watch football all day Sunday. It's the way of the woman to say, no, you ain't. <laughs> well, good, good example. <laughs> you know, it is an idea and a concept that honestly emerged in our marriage. Little by little, we began to notice this dynamic uh, that, you know, when it came to our drive, that there was an emphasis in me toward matters of the will, that there was a focus that Pam had toward the way. And we just little by little began to say, you know, it's sort of like the will of the man, the way of a woman. It's almost like a magnet. The opposite poles are drawn together. But if you turn it around, they repel each other. So we really believe that the Lord in his design has put a propensity within men for matters of the will. Uh, and he's put in women this focus on the way. You, you know, you even hear it in a lot of modern music. Uh, you hear these themes of the way. A uh, few of them, Billy Joel said, she's got a way about her. Faith Hill said, it's the way you love me. The Beatles said, something in the way she moves. Uh, Peter Framton said, ooh, baby, I love your way. <laughs> so, you know, there's you're, quite, this, you're quoting all the notable yeah. theologians. Right. Yeah. 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 Say pop culture <laughs> theology there. Yeah. But Tamala, help us with this. I mean, you're sitting here with three guys. When we talk about the will and the way, I again, I think I understand completely in the simplicity of it. But give it more contour from a woman's perspective. I mean, the way of the woman in the household, let's be really practical. Uh, we talk about men being leaders of the home, but women are often the ones behind the scenes leading, right? Yes, they have that extra special sense that <laughs> helps nice give some say. direction. <laughs> and um, I actually thought my husband was, you know, being cruel and mean for many years until I became certified with the MBTI. And I found Which is, wait, yeah, we I'm sorry, yeah. yes, yeah, that's yeah, the Myers Briggs temperament instrument. Okay. And I was studying it because it was part of what I do with students at Southeastern. It's kind of a personality tool. Yes, it is a personality assessment. And in it, it talks about how we live our life. Do we live on the outside? Do we live on the inside? Do we engage concepts? Do we take in information through our five senses? How do we think? How do we make decisions? And um, I used to get very frustrated because he would come to me with these concepts that I checked off with. That's just another book title you're working on. You know, I don't get it. And um, I've had to learn to really appreciate, understand, and honor those. He one day said to me, you know what? I finally get it. It's the will of a man and the way of a woman. And I thought, what are you talking about? I don't, <laughs> it, I'm the censor and he's the concept guy. And um, it was when, I'll never forget the morning he came in and said, okay, I found it in scripture. I found the way of a woman. And I found where scripture talks about the will of a man. I have to let him say this because I know you'll say it so much better. But So we're improving on Peter Frampton and the Beatles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're taking it a notch higher to the world. I've been waiting, but no, go ahead. That's fun. Well, you know, it really began to emerge in the stories of Mary and Joseph. 
And the idea that God knows how to talk to a man and a woman because he knows them. He made them. So you look at the moment when the angel Gabriel came to Mary and said, you're going to bring the Christ child into the world. What did Mary say? I'm only a virgin. How could this happen? What way could this possibly happen? Where the angel, much more wisely than we men sometimes, patiently described to her, the Spirit of God is going to come upon you. The power of God is going to overshadow you so that one that is born of you is going to be born of God. Mary listened, and she said, Be it unto me, as you have said, I am the Lord's servant. So the angel, or God's voice through him, understood the way of a woman. Just described to her patiently the way, and she immediately yielded to the Mm. desire. Now, Joseph, on the other hand, Gabriel had to put him to sleep. (laughs) <laughs> oh, the Lord had to put him to sleep. You know, he sort of had dart. to knock yeah. him out. You know? <laughs> had to dart him. Yeah. And then the interesting part is the number of words used to tell the story. Hmm. The angel said, here's what the angel said to Joseph. Mary will have a son. You will name him Jesus. And he will save his people from their sins. Hmm. Will, will, will. The will of a man and the way of a woman. God knows and understands men and women because he made us and he knows how to talk to us. Yeah, and and that's the the big picture. Let me get down to the nitty gritty. Mm -hmm. How does this work in your own marriage? Uh, Well, well, I have to tell you, uh, Pamela does a real good job telling the gritty stories. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so good, and I'm, I'm grateful you're willing to do that because the practical nature of it, it's one of our greatest, I think, errors in the church we read it in scripture we understand what you just said but how does that apply to me how do i do this every day with my wife how do i do this every day with my husband so what was not working in your marriage that really brought this to light for you well one in particular um we'll never forget it was probably our first big argument um we didn't (laughs) argue a lot you know when we were dating and then of Of course course after you say the i do's (laughs) the real person shows up and um it was uh infamous labor day we had talked for weeks beforehand we had moved into a new home and i kept saying oh you know we need to change the landscape or we need to you know fix the windows and he'd say put it on the list and we'll do this on labor day when we have the day off <laughs> that's a good plan so labor day comes i'm up ready early i'm um pregnant with our firstborn we have four children and oh man and so i was quite along in my pregnancy. And um, so I had my list and, you know, we're ready to go. And this is about nesting. Yes. I totally get it. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, um, I said, well, when are we going to start? When are you going to go outside? And he said, you know what? The Jerry Lewis Marathon shows on, and I just, you know, the telethon, and I just, I want to watch it for a while, and I'm like, are you kidding me? You've been making me wait all this time. You've told me to put stuff on the list, and all of a sudden, it was like feet went into the dirt, and he wouldn't move, Mm. and his will (laughs) came into full bloom that day, (laughs) and I tried every way i knew how to coerce to manipulate to um try and move him my direction oh you moved right into woman mode oh yes, <laughs> yes. absolutely yes. the whole day ended up with me leaving the house mad dinner was in the oven i'm big and pregnant and i'm 
taking off on my feet. I'm just walking out of the house. And, and the TV's I, on, right? Oh, yes. 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 <laughs> definitely. All okay, day. All the women listening are on <laughs> your oh, side. They're all there. Robert. And I, I just knew. I just knew he was going to come get in the car and come find me. I'm pregnant with our because first child, right? Because that's what a right? knight in shining armor would exactly. do. Yes. But that's, what happened? Well, that's when we talk about how if your expectations are here, up high, above your head, and your reality is here, Way down low. low, like 12 <laughs> inches lower, what you have in the middle is stress. Mm. And stress is building and building, and it was all day long. And that just added to it because I just knew... Yes, my knight in shining armor was going to come and get in the car and come pick me up. I think I walked an hour. Pregnant. Mm, Pregnant. Yes. And I, I am ashamed. This isn't getting any better for no. you, Robert. I am ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> How was so, that telethon? Well, it, it wasn't worth it, to be honest with you. But, I can but, only you know, say. It's a, it's a classic example of the will of a man digging in his heels and tension with the way of a woman. You know, one of the differences that we noticed early on is the cultures that we had come from in our families. I was raised in a southern home where we were taught to be nice. You know, you're to be nice. But nice is not always honest. Pamela was raised in a home where you put the truth on the table, you talked about it, you worked it through. So when we had our first argument, I still remember, I'm like, this young lady can really argue. Oh my gosh! You know, and, yeah. and we're going. Into She's out the, of control. We're going. <laughs> we're going the nice into the person. depths. And I told her later. I said, you know what? In the ocean of emotion, you have deep sea diving gear, <laughs> and all I have is a snorkel, <laughs> and I'm drowning. <laughs> How did that go? When you said uh, that, didn't, didn't quite work. <laughs> didn't quite what are you talking it. about? That's right. Another yeah. concept. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> But that's, um, you know, that really is everybody's, every couple's battle to some degree. And I, I think that's what I like about it. You can laugh about it now. There's some couples that are right in it where it's not funny. They're listening to the program going, you know what? My husband and I are living in that and it's not funny. Why that digging in? And you may have realized that in a couple hours, the error of what you're doing. But what about two years have gone by for that couple that that bitterness is much mm-hmm. deeper? that the husband doesn't wake up to what's real. Maybe the wife isn't waking up to her husband's needs, those kinds of things. How do they get out of that hole and think differently scripturally about their relationship? Yeah, you know, at the heart of it, Jim, it really is sin. You know, it's our our own focus on ourselves. Uh, the prayer of St. Francis, Lord, help me to focus on understanding, not on being understood. Uh, that really becomes a big part of marriage. It's the give and it will be given to you. So, so part of it, men, generally speaking, because of their propensity for the will, struggle with their egos. Mm-hmm. We struggle with our egos. Uh, Pamela would share with you that women because of their focus on security and partnership and wanting that struggle with their expectations. Mm -hmm. So you have ego and expectation going after one another instead of understanding one another. So part of what I had to realize is the gifts, the graces, the propensities that Pamela has are not put there to compete with me, but to compliment me. They are a crown on my head. So so theoretically, scripturally, we can say that. But learning to accept it and practice it and value it 
is a whole other process. And, and Robert, the deal is, it's supposed to be a crown, but sometimes it feels like a thorn. Yeah. And that's where we got to get to. We got to get from the thorn expectation and feeling to the mm. feeling of a crown. Mm. Robert and Pamela, about seven years into your marriage, you had a more serious uh, conflict going on. Everything seemed good on the surface, mm -hmm. but what was taking place and what was that note that was written, the spark that kind of changed it for you? Mm. Yeah, it was no doubt the most sobering moment in our marriage. Uh, one morning I you know, got up, I was a youth pastor, and uh, went downstairs, and as I'm getting ready to leave the house, I look, and here's a card and a gift. And I thought, it isn't my birthday. I don't know what's going on. It looks like Pamela left this for me. It has my name in it. So being the sensitive husband that I was, I put it in my briefcase, and I figured I would open it up later. So went to the office a little bit later. I looked over. I saw it. I opened the card. The card said something like this, Robert. Well, I had never gotten a card from Pamela that just started with Robert. It was always sweetheart or something like that. She said, she said, I feel like our house has become a hotel for you. Mm. You come in and out. You pour all your energy into what you're doing at work. You now have a young daughter and me. You pour so much creativity into your work. I wish you would put a little bit of that into your marriage. There are days mm. when I wish your work was another woman so that I could tell her to bug off. Yeah, it'd be more actionable. Yeah, so wow. when I read that, I thought, this is not a yellow light letter. This is a red light, and it's glaring. What did you do? I mean, did you huh. guys sit and talk? or What was the next yeah, step to well, get that? Well, initially, you know, I sort of panicked a bit, but I thought, what do I do? We ended up, I called Pam. I said, I want to talk. She said, I don't want to talk. Mm. And which meant she really wanted to talk, but it wasn't going to be that easy. Yeah. And so we wow. ended up, I took her to a restaurant. We got a booth in the back of the restaurant. I told her, I just want to hear you out. Uh, for three hours, she poured out mm. and shared what she was going through. But I was a living marriage in name only and wasn't practicing the teeming life. You know, we with teeming life, we really believe in teeming marriage, that you minister, you serve together, you work together, you live life together as a team. Well, I was failing in that area. Pamela, I need your perspective in this. I mean, that was bold. It was right to do, but what was your thought process putting that letter together and being straightforward and then running from it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I have come to the conclusion that, you know, we can either live with our frustration or God has given to us um, the power of choice. You know, we see the choices Eve made and how, where that ended up. My goal had always been as a young bride, um, this, um, I wanted to journey with my husband on this path of oneness, mm -hmm. you know, and that I think has been our goal throughout our whole married life. We come at it in two different directions. I realized one day that I had been, I had tried the complaining route, 
I tried the whining route. <laughs> I tried every little manipulative tool I could think of, cooked the right dinners to try and get his attention to convey to him how I was feeling because I felt like anything but uh, oneness in our marriage. And um, I felt very much alone, like I was the babysitter at home. And he was finding loads of fulfillment in what he was doing in his role. And um, mm. that's when I decided that, you know, I had read one time that you should study your husband like he is a rare and special, the rare and special beast that he is. Um, it was actually <laughs> Norman, <laughs> Norman Vincent Peale's wife. That takes you way back. But um, I, I had read that and I thought, you know, it's true. I need to study. I need to, to really, instead of expecting him to respond like me, I need to really look at how he responds to life. Um, I realized that he loved to read and that he loved to gain a lot of information from reading. And I thought, well, what better than to write a letter that he can read? He won't hear my whiny tone. He won't get shut down by my complaining. It'll give me time to think what I really want to say, make it concise, to the point. And <laughs> that was why I wrote the letter, yeah. because I, it was my last ditch effort in that way to get his attention so that he would really hear me. You said a lot of good things there in terms of women relating to their husbands, that concise to the point. It's mm -hmm. unfortunately, the one of the big differences is how we think as That's male right. and female. And men need that kind of, give me the bullet point. Mm -hmm. Just tell me, what are you actually trying to say right now? Because yeah. I'm not catching it. And of course, that's so frustrating. What do you mean you can't catch it? Can't you just open your eyes and see what's happening? Why do I have to spell it out for yeah. you? Ladies, you do. Men are dense. I mean, we sometimes, we, not no, all, we, that, not all, but we tend to be kind of blind to the obvious in this area of relationship with our wives. I think, and I'm guilty of it. That's why I'm speaking so honestly about it. I mean, I sometimes I'm just not getting it, and Gene has to literally kind of grab me by the cheeks and both hands and say, "Watch my lips." I am now speaking to you. Yes. Yes. Pamela, what was your expectation then? I mean, you, you leave this gift, you got his attention, but what was your you, you talked about expectations earlier. What were you hoping to see? Well, the interesting part that we did learn is um, my love language is gift giving. That means I like to receive gifts. They don't have to be very expensive. You know, surprise me with a cup from Starbucks. That's a gift. The what I bought him didn't mean anything to him. It was just the letter that really yeah, caught his sure. attention. And so that was an interesting piece that I learned through the process. My expectation was that he would hear me, that he would understand the loneliness that I was living in, that he would understand how difficult it was for me to be a stay-at-home mom, and the loneliness that that can have, um, and that he would just, you know, acknowledge the part of our married life that I was working so hard for. Um, my husband loved what he was doing, and it was working with inner city youth in upstate New York. And I wanted nothing more than to come alongside him and compliment his life. And, you know, I thought I had so much to offer. And over time, I've had to realize that it was really important for him to kind of establish that for himself. I think that was where the will of a man came in. And, and it took me a long time to understand mm. the importance of that and how uh, sometimes we make jabs at it, but it's something to be honored the will of a man. And um, he wanted to do that for us and for our family. And I needed him to acknowledge what I wanted to do 
and what I felt was important for our family. Robert and Pam, uh, this has been so good. And we want to come back next time and pick up the conversation because I know there's a lot of wonderful ministry occurring right now where husbands are having an aha moment. And I know wives are too. And that's a good place to be. Ministry is being done. Can we do that? Let's come back next time. Sure. Yes, absolutely. Wonderful. Let's do it. And a terrific conversation with Dr. Robert and Pamela Crosby about their book, The Will of a Man and the Way of a Woman. We do hope you can plan now to join us for part two of the conversation. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller. When you think about the innate qualities of a man, he definitely is created with a strong will and can often make decisions quickly, whereas a woman has a way of doing things that involves a whole lot of emotion and consideration. And we can actually celebrate the fact that God created us differently. And he knows that by learning to live in harmony with one another, which doesn't mean no conflict, but rather as a team, we are being refined and becoming more like Christ. Robert and Pamela are changing the lives of couples through their ministry and by writing their book, The Will of a Man and the Way of a Woman. It's an invitation to harness the magnetic draw of your differences and blend better with your spouse in life and love. You can get this brilliant resource when you shop online at safamily.co.za or give us a call on 031-716-3300. While you're online, also look out for info on our upcoming global online event called Perfect 10 Marriage. It's taking place on the 10th of the 10th, 2020, and it'll be hosted by Dr. Greg and Erin Smalley. But you'll also get to hear from couples from around the world as they are asked questions about how they handle communication and conflict and household chores in their marriages. And before you join us on the 10th, please take our free marriage assessment so you'll know your growth areas. While we know there are no perfect marriages, we're hoping this will be an opportunity for you to grow in your relationship together. And then I hope that you can join us for the second part of our program with Robert and Pamela Crosby tomorrow. For Focus on the Family Africa, I'm Alison Schnell, inviting you back then when we'll once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.